Hi again, dance friends. It's Margaret Fuhrer, editor and producer of the Dance Edit newsletter and podcast. And this week, we've got a fantastic double interview pod for you all. Our guests are Ashton Edwards and Zylas Michael Hughes, two young members of Pacific Northwest Ballet's core. If you follow either Ashton or Zylas on Instagram, then you already know how much these two love each other. They have been really good friends since they were students at the company's school. They were members of the same apprentice class, and now they're also roommates. So they've helped each other navigate the challenges of being a young professional ballet dancer, of starting a ballet career. Ashton and Zylas say that they also connected because they are both queer non-binary artists of color. They are helping Pacific Northwest Ballet rethink its approach to gender in technique and casting and its culture as a whole. That is really hard work. It's also really exciting work. And as you'll hear, the two of them are constantly inspired and uplifted and reduced to tears of laughter by each other. Here are Ashton and Silas. Hi, Ashton. Hi, Silas. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Hello. Thank you for having us. Thank you so kindly. And actually, before we get into it, would you mind each briefly just saying hello in your name so listeners can put names to voices? Hi, this is Ashton. Um, so happy to be here. Hi, this is Silas, and I'm just honored to be in the room with this lovely human being next to me. <laughs> so the the past few years for you both have been extraordinary and extraordinarily stressful. Um, but it's been really beautiful to see the two of you support each other, like really be there for each other through everything. So can we start by talking about how you first got to know each other and why you connected in such a, a deep way? I think we met uh, during the pandemic um, as students. We were all separated on our Zoom screens. And so we were, we had a little introduction through Zoom, you know, and we figured out we were both originally from Flint and had a lot more in common after that. Um, and so that kind of sparked the friendship. Um, and then as we got to know each other, we finally met in person and our paths kept aligning. We grew closer and closer and closer. Um, so yeah, the apprenticeship year, that big life change, we were each other's support systems. And from there, our bond just grew. I don't know, what do you think? Yeah, when you had it meet? <laughs> spot on. Um, there, yes, there was an introduction we had over Zoom with all the students who were in the summer course a PNB and we were just going around saying who we were from and Ashton goes oh I'm from Flint Michigan and I go what there's no way I've never met another person from Flint Michigan other than my family let alone know let alone another black queer person and it was just wonderful to have such a human connection and it's just funny because I can't tell you like what the pinpoint moment was that Ashton and I just became as close as we are. It just it happened. <laughs> Magic. Um, 
So joining the company as part of the same apprentice class, what did it mean to have each other to kind of lean on as you were both at the same time navigating essentially like uncharted ballet territory, how to be a professional non-binary ballet dancer? I mean, oh, that introduction was so different for the both of us Yeah, that we needed different things. But luckily, we've always just been able to fill in those holes we kind of know exactly what the other person needs in any moment um and so that year with every up and down they were there for me and I tried to be there for them as best as I could because like I mean being a professional dancer alone is difficult and tricky and for a young person it's, it's so emotional to take on a career like this at an age we do in our maturity. Um, and so you need a support system for that simple fact. And then also being non-binary and looking for someone to understand those struggles um, and those little microaggressions every day, to have someone to talk to about, to talk to, and, and they really understand that. Uh, it was everything I needed. Yes, definitely. I think something that so many people in the world lack is having someone that they can talk to that is just as relatable. Um, we relate to so many idols and celebrities and things like that, but I am able to relate to Ashton in a way that so many others cannot. And I have the blessing of being able to talk to them every day. And having that personal outlet for both of us is so securing and so safe. It is such a beautiful thing to have someone you can release to and someone that appreciates who you are, appreciates what you're going through and respects it. Um, and also in that moment, giving you the love and support that you need to go throughout the day and say you know what it's hard right now but tomorrow there's gonna be some sunshine somewhere in you and if it's not in you look at me and we're each other's sunshine and we try to make each other smile throughout the dark moments and we celebrate the great moments because there are so many and just having that day-to-day -day relationship with a person a human being someone that you truly connect with it's just it's a true blessing Girl, you're gonna make me cry. <laughs> I love you. Stop it. No. We're <laughs> <Put it> together. <laughs> um, ballet is this world where dancers are essentially forced to like put themselves in gender boxes all the time. So this is a very personal question. So you know, only go as far as you're willing to go, but how did your respective journeys to coming out as non-binary sort of intersect with your ballet journeys? When I got into the company, it was definitely at that same time where I was truly exploring the fullness of who I saw myself to be. And in that exploration, the influence of ballet was definitely affectatious to my day-to-day -day life. There was a box I was put in to be a male dancer, to be masculine and strong and the lifter and 
all of these things that I'm capable of and I can do well. Um, but when hyper exposed to it and hyper analyzed in this particular box, it was hard for me to find myself in my jeans and t-shirt. It became more challenging to find the difference between who I was inside the studio and outside of the studio. So I felt that I had to be a man at all times. I had to be this prince. I had to be this particular individual while living my life in order to be successful at work. And once I got that mentality out of my head, there was a blossoming effect. And I felt that I grew as a non-binary individual, understanding the divinity with having both femininity and masculinity and those qualities that mold so beautifully together, having that power allowed me to decipher who Xylus was outside of the studio and how I could bring my full self to work and also put on my character hat inside of the studio. It took a very long time and it was a very hard challenge. And there were a lot of discussions that were had and there were a lot of feelings that were heard and a lot of emotional situations that happened. But we grew in that strength because those experiences taught us our power. We were able to acknowledge, you know, okay, who am I? What do I represent when I'm looking in the mirror? What is comfortable when I'm sitting down at home eating dinner, you know, and I'm just living my life? What feels comfortable to me? And then when I get to work, it's okay, what do I need to do to get my job done? I don't know if that, you know, kind of touches with Ashton, but that's just what being a non binary dancer in the ballet world has really taught me thus far. Um, I think for me, to even come out as a effeminate person in general, as a gay man, happened a lot later in life or a bit later in life for me uh, that I finally got to explore my femininity. When I moved to Seattle, but before I got into the company. Um, and so that challenge in my life, uh, learning to open up and um, finding that freedom to explore. I mean, we had COVID, so I had so much time to myself to really learn myself and who I am. And so I got to open up in that way and explore my gender expression on my own um, in my own little dance space. Um, I was still a, a student. I mean, that was terrifying, not knowing what my career would look like because of my gender expression, but it, I, for the first time in my life, I, I felt that was more important, my own gender expression and finding my own happiness within myself and coming to a decision not based on anyone else's judgment. And so I, I got to find myself on my own. And then luckily my career got to reflect a lot of it, a lot of how um, I feel and express. I mean, I think there's still more of my gender identity that I'd like to see the stage. Mm -hmm.
but what's happened so far has definitely been what I've been trying to let out for so many years. Yeah, it seems like an, a, a process of evolution that's continual, that's ongoing. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Gender, especially when you've been taught that there are only two and everything's so binary and, and, and everything has rules, you know, when you've been taught rules, um, when you find freedom, I, like the, the world seems endless now and all the opportunities and, and boundaries are just, they're gone, you know? And, and so it's exciting every day getting to be someone new and learn myself a little more, but, you know, I'm, I'm still really young. Um, and so I think that also goes into play. I, I'm learning so much about myself every day and only now am I getting to really truly explore. So every day is an exploration. Um, and you have each had really different journeys here, as you were saying before, Ashton. But yeah, one of the ways you've, you've been able to do some of that exploring at PMB a little bit is in terms of casting. And I was wondering if you could each speak a little to how you have both navigated that process with Peter Bull and with the rest of the artistic team. I mean, yeah, I, we still have very different experiences. I feel um, I was hired and thrown into one box and you were thrown into another. I have performed solely point roles. Um, and it's, of course, been navigating what I'm comfortable with, uh, which has been an open discussion. Um, but there hasn't been really many opportunities for me to find the in-between. You can either be one or the other. Um, and so I've been the other. Um, and Silas has been pushed into the original box, you know? And so it's been a conversation for sure. What do you think? Where is that middle box? How do we get there? Artistic is great at always providing a space where we can have a conversation. We just have a lot more work to do. Um, and it just takes, takes time. Um, I guess maybe then talking in, in a more sort of hypothetical sense about that, that middle box, that middle space, how you would envision it. Can you talk a little about in your ideal environment or as you are you know, continuing to figure out what that might look like, wh what it might look like? When we do a lot of work that's been done, you know, the boxes are already there. And so we fill in those holes and that's great to um, rejuvenate history and, and do these roles again and, and do them a little different. Candy Cane and Dewdrop were definitely an opportunity for me to kind of put my own queer flair on things, which was really fun, but I'm excited for the day when it comes to new work because we're, we always need to make new work where we find that middle ground. Being open in a choreographic setting to new opportunities, new things, 
um, new ways of partnering and, and jumping and exploring movement and, um, and working with individuals and getting to know their strengths and weaknesses. I think that's our biggest challenge is not exploring individuals to their full capacity. I, can't, I think people see us and, you know, like off of sight, they go, that's what you're good at and that's what you do. Instead of, you know, kind of working a little deeper and just trying things, you know, throwing movement out there and seeing what happens. Looking at you as people instead of a feminine person, a masculine person. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel, yeah, I'm definitely judged by the cover of my book, I guess. Absolutely. It takes a village. <laughs> what is wonderful is that when we're finding the middle box, Ashton and I are able to put certain things in there, put certain elements, and we're finding out what that box, middle box looks like for both of us. And it's not a box, it's just a pool of opportunities. <laughs> and what's lovely about that is it doesn't just go for non-binary dancers, it goes for everyone. Yes. Right. When we do casting, we go based out on capability. We go based on performance and what we see to be the next thing. And personally, I always am pushing for greater, always pushing for the next challenge. I'm hungry for learning and opportunities. I'm hungry to learn from mistakes and falling. And that's just how you grow and develop, not only as an artist, but as a human being. And Sometimes when you're thriving for things that much and you're reaching for goals, it's seen as well, it's too much or we're not ready yet or it takes time. And sometimes that's disappointing. So I'm just hoping to always be in the room and having a conversation with those people who can help make those changes to say, okay, this is what we want to create in this pool. So what we want to put in it. These are the elements. These are the minerals and rocks that we want to put at the bottom. And this is how we want to show the true progression of ballet. Pacific Northwest Ballet is at the forefront of progression. This is what it will look like in the future. Just opportunities for everyone and showing the beautiful diversity that this company is growing into. It is truly wonderful to see all those talented artists and it will be even more beautiful to see them all showcased in such a different, unique way because each individual is amazing and talented in this company. Non-binary, straight, gay, black, white, Asian. It, it's a beautiful pool of love and talent. And that's what we just hope to showcase not only within ourselves, but around the community with us. The range, the incredible range of skills in each individual. Absolutely. Yeah, I guess, and I'm loving this metaphor of the pool instead of the box, it's a pool. And as that pool continues to sort of deepen and fill in slowly, but it's starting to, what excites you about that? Possibilities 
for for all performers in the company, as you're saying, not just for non-binary performers, but it does seem like getting rid of the walls of the box open up a lot of really interesting artistic opportunities. For me, what has been seen in ballet as the feminine women of the core, you know, like silent, you know, quiet people. I am just so excited to one day see them jump into incredible roles where they get to be more dominant um, and lead ballets instead of being the damsel in, in distress. I'm surra- surrounded by so many strong women every day that inspire me so much. I can't wait to see the art they create and to the hope they give other women to be so strong and so themselves and so full. So, and they fill up the space, they really do. I'm excited to see that someday. Oh, I mean, because simply with the power of, of jump the women have in our company, I just, you know, they can eat up a stage. Like, I'm just excited to see that power realized. As I continue to take class at the company, as I continue to rehearse here, as a person I am, I can still look around the room and find something to be inspired by from each individual. And that's something that's lovely in this exploration of the pool. Because if I'm able to find something inspirational from every individual in the room, it gives me the sense of empowerment to work harder and somehow fulfilled (laughs) in this way that's indescribable. And to be able to share that on stage is indescribable. It is because everyone pushes me to be greater and Ashton (laughs) makes me think about things that I don't even understand sometimes just the intricacies of the work we do the intricacies of the people we are it's just wonderful to feed off of the room I think also when you see people perform authentically is when you see their best art, their best product that they can put out into the world. And that's that's all I would ever want to see on stage. It's genuine passion for what you do and a true artist on stage. When have you each felt most like yourselves on stage? What are the moments that have felt most authentic to you so far? <laughs> Hmm. I mean, I think I've had a few moments. <laughs> because we we laugh because we we know when we see it in the other person, oh, she's having fun. <laughs> like that, oh, she's living. Um and so I think we found those moments in our binary roles, being ourselves in those roles. Um and so I think Dewdrop, of course, was just like a moment. I mean, yeah, I, I go back to that 
place in my head where I'm little Ashton and I don't have a gender and there's actually no audience. I'm in my kitchen at home and I'm dancing for the love of dance. Um, and so finally fulfilling that dream on stage, I got to just, you know, feel that inner child moment. And it was, uh, it was next level happiness, joy. I had the best time in Dwight Rogan's new work that was choreographed here on Pacific Northwest Ballet. Catching Feelings. It was very familiar to me because I had done a little bit of training with Complexions Contemporary Ballet um, under Justin Richardson and Dwight Rogan. And having prior knowledge of that skill set and that texture of movement that Dwight choreographs in was really fun to bring that to the age I'm at now and being able to experience with the things that I've learned about my body and the growth that I've had since I was 14 years old. And it's been so fun to be so present on stage and to make choices. And yes, in Dwight Rodin's piece, I felt my most comfortable self and I felt like my dancing didn't need to be explained and that's very rare for me I as dancers we often feel apologetic apologetic about certain moments and oh I didn't know that on stage or oh but no matter what went wrong no matter if I tumbled to the ground or if I missed a step I I know that when I got off stage I felt whole and I felt comfortable and that's that's really amazing to have. And also another moment for me, <laughs> I personally felt was my debut of Candy Cane. I just had so much fun on the stage and I really enjoyed it. It was really interesting because <laughs> I was very sick the day before, but we got up and <laughs> we made it happen. It was a minute, 19 seconds. And <laughs> You know, I just had a blast. So I think the time where I have the most fun on stage is just personally the most fulfilling to me. Standing in the wings with the bucket, ready to pee. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's friendship. <laughs> um, you were mentioning before that it, it takes a village. And we've touched on this. I've talked with both of you in other interviews a little bit about this, about how there has been sort of a community that's developed among other gender nonconforming performers and ballet in particular. And many of these artists are artists of color. In fact, most of them are. Can you talk a little about how you have found community there, if you have? I mean, there's a rich history in queer, gender nonconforming people of color seeking refuge in each other because you know, it's not really accepted in our marginalized communities. And so in that we have things like ballroom um, and that rich history. Um, and there's just this unique level of how all those small, those big oppression things <laughs> intersect um, that we just all kind of understand 
And so when you meet someone, you know, like, oh, you've been through what I've been through. And, and you kind of understand the level of love and support you need. Um, and so there's a unique friendship that I always find in other queer people of color that I love. I mean, I'm here for the community. I love it. Instagram is great for <laughs> It really is. <laughs> Instagram is wonderful. I love her. Um, she gets us together and you can text and call and talk to anyone in the world just about and that's all so beautiful but what's really cool to me is there's a very specific niche of people when you're walking into a grocery store you're just walking down the street that you make eye contact with and they say hi or you give a nice smile to every single person in the world that just you know there are certain people that hello hi you're always drawn to and when i'm walking down the street most of the time, it is a queer person that says hi or hello to me. And I think that is the coolest thing about community for me. And that's both in New York or when I'm walking in LA or even around Seattle sometimes, not a lot. But <laughs> <laughs> that's really fun to have a community like that and to be able to go shopping in Capitol Hill and you see so many beautiful people with all types of fun makeup on or a fun costume. You see drag next door, there's brunch happening. It's beautiful to have that real life community just as we have um, social media and I can connect to different people from ballet companies and say, oh, hello, I see what you're doing. I'm so proud of you. This is beautiful, let's connect. Those things do happen and it's so awesome. And it's so beautiful. Um, but just my personal favorite is just the ones that happen closest to home. Mm -hmm. Well said. Here's a question that's an apology, too. Uh, and this is something that we also got into a little bit in our interviews last time we talked. But you are both just routinely asked to talk about things that are fundamentally nobody else's business and that no other dancers get asked about. Like, all this stuff is so personal. <laughs> um, so I want to apologize for, like, the invasive nature of a lot of these questions. And the actual question here <laughs> is, do you hope or do you see a point maybe in your career where like gender in particular becomes just part of who you are instead of this thing on which every story must hinge? I mean, I, I really hope so. Like not to compare oppressions, but like race and things. I, I really hope one day it's, it's normal. Um, and I know our art form it's very old and historic um, at a company like ours with such a rich history. But I really hope that that happens someday and I can stop talking about how I express myself and mm -hmm. how exceptional you are <laughs> for, for being myself, you know, like just so brave. I, I just want to be myself because it's, it's who I am, not because I'm brave for doing it. You know, um, but I, I see that happening. I've been talking to a lot of young people and it's like cool to see people being queer and just knowing themselves at very early ages because, you know, you know, and, I, and I'm jealous as well. Like 
getting to see a level three student in a leotard and tights. Like, if I just had that option, oh, yeah. That's why I think it's coming. What do you think? I love these match socks. I love them because no one's gonna see them if you wear the right pants and shoes. And I say that because at some point I feel like certain things that we write down on the applications where we're checking, oh, gender, oh, size, height, yada, yada, yada. It's just gonna become underwear. Like it's not necessary to be so visible to everyone. It doesn't have to be the forefront of the topic. And personally for me, I would <laughs> love to see the day where hopefully something is being said about the talent and the work that's being done. Um, I have never worked harder in my life. <laughs> I give this my all. And I hope that the world sees the work that Ashton puts in the work that Leslie Roush puts in, the work that Melina Ani puts in, the work that the people of the company put in. And we're just discussing the talent and the work and what's beautiful about it. And I feel that at sometimes when we add the aspect of what is kindly appreciated, known as bravery and such um, courage and strength it takes to be yourself, I think we have to get out of the mindset of where that is scary. That is a frightening thing for people to do is just be themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's just a point we need to get to because once we get there, there's no need to discuss on why this man or woman or gender nonconforming or this person, it's their name behind the work they've done. And that's what's being celebrated. It just, I think it enhances the sense of humanity and community and love and just respect. I think if we all have a higher respect, it's that point will get here much sooner, much, much sooner. And those kids in level three who are being able to wear leotards, they're looking at you two and saying, oh, things feel less scary now. It's really wonderful. Um, Ashton and I, continue to take classes um, with the school. And it's really fun to just see how things are changing and how things are evolving. And the response to this growth and you see the next generation on board with it, like it's, it's really beautiful. And also we get little notes from them all the time and they're so sweet and they respect pronouns and they they have the understanding of what progression looks like and what moving forward is for us it's just wonderful to see that you know the upcoming generations are understanding and accepting and loving it just as much as you know we are and it's not seen as some frightening thing for people to just be you i want to come back to the two of you and your friendship because um fun is like a word that coming up in this conversation. I, and I, you really feel that even just in like, you know, your social media posts together, it's 
there's so much, clearly so much joy when you're with each other. Can you talk a little about how you bring each other joy? I mean, maybe even outside of ballet when you're not in ballet mode. They're that one person where they just know it's there's so many inside jokes. You like you it's not one word because you don't have to say anything. I just look at you and I know what you're thinking. And so those small moments any day at any time. And sometimes, oh, because we also live together. Um, and so, you know, sometimes it's when we first wake up, you know, like, like those are my favorite days when we wake up laughing and you don't say anything, but girl, I see you, <laughs> you know, it's, it's fun. We have a, a blast together. We just get each other. There's such a mutual understanding and such a high respect that like, Ashton says, there's not much communication verbally that has to happen to <laughs> understand where the other person's at. And in that moment, you connect and you find a laugh. <laughs> yeah. And that's what keeps you going. And I mean, it's just always the best time. Like, I can't imagine another person I would work with, live with, and hang out with all the time. And not, you know, get sick of them. It's just because it's always something new, something fun we're discovering. And it's... Or it's something really old. Like, something that, like, we think about from our childhood that we relate on. And we, like, bring it back. And it's just like, oh, bro, I forgot I even, like, experienced that. But you bring it up in me and it's hilarious. Or it's emotional. We've pretty much been friends for, like, four years. Yeah, basically. (laughs) Since birth, basically. Like, and then all of that. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's so crazy how our souls align, I think. Well, that's kind of a beautiful place to end, I think. Um, Thank you both so much for, for coming on and being willing to discuss stuff that's yeah well outside conventional dance interview fair i really appreciate that and married for giselle i know you have giselle coming up so married thank you so much thank you i need to be a willy (laughs) and i'm gonna go (laughs) hi Thanks again to Ashton and Silas, who, yes, will be performing in Giselle with PMB from February 3rd to 12th. We've got information about that program and about the company's other upcoming programs in the show notes. And we also have links to Ashton and Silas's social accounts, which just 10 out of 10, no notes on their whole social presence. They are such great follows. Thanks to all of you, as always, for listening. Come back next Thursday for a new Headline Rundown episode, talking through the week's top dance news stories. Until then, keep learning, keep advocating, and keep dancing.